Paul Bongiorno, how are you? Uh, well, um, considering my age and other infirmities, I'm well. Speaking of age, it is the 400th birthday for 7am. Yes, well, happy birthday, 7am. <laughs> Only Methuselah was older. Does it feel like 400 episodes to you? Well, I haven't done 400, have I? You've probably been on the show more than anyone else. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Today's episode is slightly different. We're celebrating 400 shows since we launched in 2019. Every week since then, Paul Bongiorno has spoken to us about his column in the Saturday paper. In this episode, we follow Paul through his week, up at Parliament House, at press conferences and back at home writing. It's a story about how stories happen, about how Canberra has responded to the alleged assault of former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins in an office just beside the Prime Minister's, and how the Prime Minister has tried to manage the story. So here it is, episode 400 of 7am. Thanks for listening to us as we got here. So, Paul, it's Tuesday afternoon now and you have spent the day in Parliament. Can you tell me about what happened about your first briefing? Well, there were two two briefings, of course, the Liberal and National Party room and, of course, the Labor Party room. But you know what, uh, Ruby, before the party room meeting, the Prime Minister was at an event mainly uh, discussing ovarian cancer. Well, I'm sure you'd all agree that just what we've witnessed from Caitlin is incredibly... Overwhelming, and as a government, will continue to do. But in the doorstop after that, he then discussed the whole issue of the alleged rape of a Liberal Party uh, minister's staffer, uh, Brittany Higgins. I said yesterday in the Parliament that we had to listen to Brittany. I have listened to Brittany. The Prime Minister obviously has been deeply affected by this because in the party room he spent some time talking about this uh, alleged event, the issue, the handling of it, and that they'd all have to do better. Now, uh, the interesting thing for me was that... um, Just a minute, Ruby, sorry. No, no, I'll just get rid of this phone. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. And so, Paul, is this issue, um, this issue of how women are treated at Parliament, is it, do you think, going to become the, the dominating political story of the week? Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens from here because you had the, the, the relevant minute. Sorry. That must be more popular than I realise. I'm just going to go there. Um, I was wondering, Paul, if you think that this issue, which, um, you know, has come out of this one woman, Brittany Higgins, talking about what happened to her and making these allegations public, but it's really, it's a broader issue um, that's been talked about for a while now, um, you know, the issue of how women are treated in Parliament. Do you think that this will be the, the main political story of the week? Yeah, well, there is that issue, and 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 as I say, it, it was uh, in the news conferences, in the briefing from the party room, and then in Parliament itself, where he, um, you know, as we used to say, put on the sackcloth and ashes and said, yes, we have to do better, and apologised. The other issues that are running, of course, uh, the Prime Minister held a courtyard uh, press conference, which I went to, 
and that was to announce the AstraZeneca vaccine and the rollout of it. But interestingly there, even though people were interested in the ins and outs of that, again, the Brittany Higgins uh, issue dominated that press conference. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot going on then, Paul. I'll let you get back to it, but I'll call you again tomorrow to, to check in and see how your piece is coming along. Thanks very much, Ruby. You've got me working very hard this week. <laughs> I should put in for a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's that's not my call. You have to go higher than me to get one of those. <laughs> um, but thank you. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I'll check in again tomorrow. See you later. Bye. Bye. Paul, when I spoke to you on Tuesday, you were looking at a few things. You were tracking the political fallout from the rape allegation made by a former Liberal staffer, Brittany Higgins, and then there was also the the AstraZeneca announcement and the vaccine rollout. So can you tell me about how those two things seem to you now that you've had time to, to look back at them? Oh, well, Ruby, there's a bit of wisdom in politics that when bad news is crowding in on you, the best thing you can do as Prime Minister is to come up with an even bigger good news story. And that couldn't have been far from Scott Morrison's mind as he went to announce on Tuesday that the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine was now approved for rollout in Australia. This is an enormous exercise. There has been meticulous planning undertaken for an extensive period of time. Never mind that Australia hasn't exactly led the world as promised in providing this protection for its citizens. As we know, the rest of the developed world is well ahead of us in terms of vaccine rollout. This is an enormous exercise which requires many steps. The planning of the strategy, the securing of the vaccines, going through the important approvals process, which can give Australians confidence. I said this morning, when we take our children to be vaccinated... But for Scott Morrison, what was important was having something to grab headlines. And what better than news we've all been desperately waiting for a year to get. Right, but Paul, Brittany Higgins' story and and by extension the story of the treatment of women in politics, that's not going away, right, no matter how big Scott Morrison's announcement was intended to be. Not going away, Ruby, and nor should it. This is yet another story about the culture of sexism and misogyny at Parliament House. Brittany Higgins broke two years of suffering in silence to allege, in her case, a story of rape, cover-up and disregard. So many of the elements of this sad saga had the recurring features of a government that humbly, to quote the Prime Minister, promises accountability and transparency, only to do its best to hide from view its failures and disregard for earlier conventions and behaviour. We'll be back in a moment. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating, visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. 
Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Paul. Hello, is that you? <laughs> it is me. Hi. Um, it's one o'clock on Wednesday right now. I'm just calling to check in and, and see how it's all going. Oh, well, it's always uh, always a bit tense on Wednesday because this is the day when I really have to write my column for the weekend and, um, and there's a fair bit happening because Parliament's sitting. But on Wednesdays, I'm very panic-stricken. Why are you panic-stricken? Because I have to come up with 1,500 words by four o'clock. Although I'm a, I, I'd like to think I'm a bit like Winston Churchill, who said, every great speaker feels sick before he gives a speech. I feel positively vomitous. Okay, that doesn't sound great. Um, I, hope, I hope you're okay. Um, how are the issues that we talked about yesterday um, developing, Paul? Um, there are questions today which are in Parliament as to what the Prime Minister knew and, and when he knew. Also questions then if he didn't know, how come his office, which clearly knew before him, didn't let him in on what was happening. You know, often governments under pressure prefer to be seen to be incompetent rather than dishonest or covering up something um, that they'd rather the world not see. Mm. So he's facing quite a bit of pressure then. And what is the... Um what are people who you're talking to saying about how he's handling this? Well, yeah, I've, I've spoken to a couple of Liberal MPs who are absolutely appalled at uh, Scott Morrison's, as it were, hiding behind his wife's skirts on on finally realising how bad it is that a young woman alleges rape uh, and something real needs to be done about it. Jenny and I spoke last night and she said to me, You have to think about this as a father first. What would you want to happen if it were our girls? Tins Tegan George spoke for a number of people when she asked why he needed his wife to tell him how serious this all was. You said this conversation really hit home when you had it with Jenny, Mm. thought about it as a husband and a father. Mm. Shouldn't you have thought about it as a human being? What happens if men don't have a wife and children? Well, that flummoxed the Prime Minister. He replied that he was who he was and he couldn't follow the question. In my own experience, being a husband and a father is central to me, my human being. (laughs) So I I just can't follow the the question you're putting. The others I spoke to off the record, particularly on the backbench, um, were scathing in their uh, criticism Um, People are pointing out discrepancies in timelines, what's being said by the Prime Minister, what's being said by other ministers. uh, And the opposition picked up on this in a series of uh, interviews and um, is planning to highlight it in its uh, parliamentary tactics uh, today. Mm. Um, Okay, Paul, well, I will let you get back to the column and get all of that down on the page before deadline. Thank you for making the time and um, (laughs) we'll call you. I'll call you tomorrow. That works tomorrow morning. See you later in the week. See you later in the week. Okay, good luck. Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Paul, it's Thursday morning now. Can you tell me about how the week came together? 
Well, Ruby, much as Morrison hoped he was getting away from the Higgins story, he couldn't. And it's right for him to be held to account. You know, this happened 50 metres from his office. It looks very much like senior people in the Liberal Party, politicians and staffers, knew and they were trying to conceal it. Okay, and so what is Scott Morrison doing then to to deal with this alleged assault? Well, initially, Morrison announced he was asking two women, a senior public servant and the new Liberal MP and former Vice-Chancellor of Notre Dame University in Perth, Celia Hammond, to work on ways of improving standards and procedures. Now, this in itself is controversial. Hammond has railed against sex before marriage, contraception, feminism and sexual freedom in the past. The broadcaster and journalist Julia Baird, for example, has described Hammond as a staunch anti-feminist. Labor and the Independents on the crossbench in the House of Representatives called for an independent review and a new agency to handle complaints free from departmental or ministerial oversight. Even former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull said there needs to be an independent review not like the ones Morrison initially announced. Frankly, I think a review of this kind should be done by uh, somebody or somebody, some people that are absolutely independent. Uh, I think Temple said it was incredible Morrison's office wasn't aware of the alleged assault. Cannot, I, I find it inconceivable that uh, that wasn't well known to uh, at least key members of the Prime Minister's staff. So, it, and, and if it wasn't, there was clearly a... Uh, you know, like an absolutely baffling breakdown in communications. It it, it is, it it just strains credulity. And Paul, will this review do any good? Will it change anything? Well, I've got to tell you, the precedents aren't good. Uh, You may remember, well, probably you don't, because that's the idea. Morrison promised two earlier probes, one after two female Liberal MPs complained of bullying from their colleagues in that coup that toppled Turnbull, and the other after the Four Corners revelations on the behaviour towards women by Ministers Alan Tudge and Christian Porter. Both of those reviews have disappeared without trace. Mm, Okay, well, I suppose we can just hope that the outcome uh, for this one is different. Well, absolutely. Uh, It's long overdue, and we can only trust and hope that the courage of Brittany Higgins is the circuit breaker we also desperately need here. Paul, thank you for your time today and thank you for your time over the last 400 episodes. Um, It's been great. Well, thank you, Ruby. How time flies when you're having fun. Bye. (laughs) See ya. You can read Paul Bongiorno's column in the Saturday paper tomorrow. As a listener of 7am, you can subscribe to the Saturday paper for half price. It's a great way to support the show and fund the independent journalism that drives it. A half-price digital subscription works out to less than a dollar a week. Go to thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash podcast offer to subscribe. This special offer for 7am listeners is available until the end of February. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au.
Also in the news today, Facebook has blocked users in Australia from sharing any news articles in response to the federal government's proposed media bargaining laws. A range of non-news sites have also been affected by Facebook's ban, including government health sites and not-for-profit organisations. And Victoria has recorded no new local COVID-19 cases for the second day in a row. Meanwhile, New South Wales has achieved its 32nd day in a row without a local case. 7am is a daily show from the Monthly and the Saturday paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Atticus Basto, El Marsh, Michelle Macklem and Cinnamon Nippard. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. Subscribe in your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out. I'm Ruby Jones. See you next week.